With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the flagship podcast. That's right. BTSE's oldest, longest-running podcast, The Standard is the Standard. Joining me, as always, this guy over here, that's Lance Williams out on the West Coast. What's up, Lance? How are you tonight? I'm doing all right. I put an afro on my mic, and I can't see over it. Like, I need to adjust my chair. <laughs> I, just, I just noticed that because of your shirt. It's like it kind of blends in. <laughs> yeah, I put an afro on my mic. Um, it was like the pop stopper to kind of Got clean it. up the sound, and so... yeah. Yeah, I got to raise the level of my chair. I got a fro, but I cut my hair. I was able to cut my hair last week by myself. So my fro is uh, nice. a little bit lower. It's a little bit, uh, you know. Yeah, as, as, someone, as someone that obviously cuts his own hair on a weekly basis, uh, I, you know, the state of Maryland where I reside and where Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis reside on Friday at 5 p.m., uh, places like barber shops and uh, hair salons are going to be reopening. I just want to know: Are people like sitting on the phone, like waiting at five o'clock, just speed down? Get me in there. You know? um, um, uh, my wife made an appointment to a salon, um, and because they're opening in California as well, but they're limiting the number of people right. who can get an appointment. So I think they're doing it like two or three people at a time. So it's not much, but the yeah. but but because of that, the appointments are spaced way out. So like the first appointment she could get was like in July because they're doing so few bookings. But um, I figured you'd be golfing this weekend. Uh, I've already been out hit hit the ball. My, my son and I are going to go out and play uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I think we're going to go out and get get around in maybe in the early afternoon. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. So um, things are slowly starting to come back. Here's how. Here's the funny. Here's the irony of it. Right since they. They've opened golf courses, and I near I live near a course around the corner. It's rained four times. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, it can. Yeah, it can be tough. It can be a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get this show on the road. Let's talk about the headline. And by the way, we're a little bit early for those watching live on YouTube. But you know what? When the time strikes, we got to go. And I know a lot of people have messaged me, left comments on our YouTube channel, stating. Yeah, I wish I knew the time. I, I wish I knew the time too. But you know what? Sometimes Lance sends me a text and says, hey, can you go early? Sometimes I'm sending him a text saying, hey, it's going to be a little bit later. Life happens. It is what well, it let, is. Let's try to commit. Let's let's try to commit. We're going to commit live right now. We typically well, I, do 530, right? Uh, yeah, well, 530 West Coast, East Coast, 830, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what we shoot for. It, it, life it happens. Is. Life there happens. It is, listeners. So there you go. Um, we're going to shoot for 530. Right. If we're late, listeners, just be mad at Jeff because it's probably That's Jeff funny. as to why we're not starting at 530. There's, there's, we'll put it this way, put a number on There's at least a 99% chance that it's my fault. So <laughs> we're not made on mine. Might be my children, but it, it eventually comes oh, over. Oh, you blame the kids. <laughs> Look at that guy. He blamed the kids. <laughs> okay. So. We were going to talk about like some draft pick stuff and and do all that, but Lance and I were talking today. Like, yeah, let's let's go a different avenue. That's what the, the flagship typically does, uh, kind of going in a different way. Let's go with something that Lance saw on Twitter the other day, and it was a list of okay for your favorite football team. In this case, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who's like the most overrated player? And we had a long list and Lance has that list in front of him. Why don't you go ahead and let's run these down. And then if you're watching live in the, in the, uh, in the live chat, let us know what you think. Before I jump into the list, two things. I want to give a big shout out to my favorite artist, musical artist of all time. I want to give a big shout out to Stevie wonder celebrating his 70th birthday. Also want to give a big shout out to Nick Farabao at Farabao. 
FB on Twitter who came up with the list of questions. So I, I reached out to him and let him know that we were going to use his questions as a topic for the podcast. And so he just wanted me to give him a shout out. So again, big up, big shout out to Nick Farabao. Hopefully um, I'm pronouncing it right. Or it could be Farabao like Sammy Harbaugh or like Harbaugh. So at Farabaugh FB on Twitter. So big up to him. So here are the lists, Jeff. We'll, we'll jump into these. So the list is most overrated, most underrated, best player, key addition, key new addition, um, could surprise a player that takes a leap and a player that has to prove it this year. So I'm going to kick the ball to you, Jeff. Who is the most overrated? And this can be on either side of the ball. Who's the most? You can throw in coaches, too. Ah, now you can, let's just um, so Who's the most overrated Steeler player? Huh. Now, when I think of overrated, I'm thinking of a player that is hyped to be something that they are not. And this is this is going to hurt. It's going to hurt me to say it. It's going to oh. hurt a lot of people. And a lot of people, oh, someone's already said it in the live chat. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Juju Smith-Schuster. Wow. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. But to me, I'm not sure if he is that genuine article number one wide receiver. But he wants to be hyped like that. And I looked at his production early in his career as a product of Mr. Third and Fifth being opposite him. He has every chance this season to prove me wrong. But at the same time, I got to be honest, that's where my mind went. He has every chance to prove you right. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. The flip side of that. Very good. (laughs) Yes, he does. Who do you have? You agree agree with me or you have someone else? I have someone else. And I had to go to over the cap to solidify my point even further. Alvin Bud Dupree is the most overrated guy on the Steelers. There is no way on God's green earth you could convince me that Bud Dupree is worth $15.8 million. Now, if you were to say uh, T.J. Watt, I would say he's underpaid. But there's no way in the world, given Bud Dupree's production over the course of his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers, that he is worth that much money and 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 i just want to further solidify the point by you know pulling up some of bud dupree's career stats now bud dupree by no means is el busto bud dupree is by no means you know below average but by no means is bud dupree worth 15.8 million dollars in five seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Jeff, how many sacks do you think Alvin Bud Dupree has? In his entire career? Entire career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 11 and a half last year. I think he had, I'm going to say 22. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. You think he's overrated too if it's only 22. He had 31.5. 31, really? I know he had some injuries early on in his career. And a third of those was last year. So the most overrated player on the Pittsburgh Steelers, Alvin Bud Dupree. Do you have an honorable mention for a player who's most overrated? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, another offensive player, believe it or not. I'm going to go with Mr. Alejandro Villanueva. Um, You know, People in the live chat have said a lot about Marquise Pouncey being overrated. To me, Marquise Pouncey has done enough in his career, and he's at the waning years of his career. I think that he absolutely could be still – I don't think he's overrated. He is what he is right now, but I don't think it's overrated. Alejandro Villanueva at one point was a pro bowler, and I'm not saying that he's bad. I just think that – especially when you look at pay. and He got that big payday a few years ago. Is that what you're getting? If we're going to look at that type of analytic, I think that he would be my honorable mention. What about you? That's a good name. And I I, I agree because I brought up Pouncey and I like the way you 
explained away Pouncey being overrated. At one point in time, I mean, and Pouncey was voted the all-decade center in the National Football League. I think at one point in time, Marquise Pouncey was the premier center in football. I think Pouncey now is knocked because he's not playing at the level that he used to, which was at an all-world level. But I don't yeah. think Andrew Villa, Alejandro Villanueva has ever reached that. And for a no. cap number of $8.3 million. That's hefty. Um, that's pretty hefty. And and when you look at that number, he may even supplant Bud Dupree. But I think he is definitely, abs- absolutely um, in the running for the most overrated player on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me jump into the next category. And I'll let you lead this off. We'll go with you, Jeff. Then me, I'll introduce it to you. Most underrated player on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Underrated? Underrated. Hmm. That's a tough one as well. Um, I'm going to have to go. And I, I, the reason I'm hesitating is I had a name in mind. I'm going to go with it. It's on the offensive side of the ball, shocker. Those that have listened for a long time, uh, I tend to lean on the offensive side. This person's got a lot of pub in the offseason, but I still think he's extremely under. That's Matt Filer. I think Matt Filer yeah. is one of the most underrated players on the team in terms of position versatility. Doesn't cost a lot of money <laughs> yet, anyway. Right, right. And at the at the same time, he was the, if you like pro football focus, Highest graded offensive lineman for the Steelers in 2019. So combine all three of those things, and I'm thinking to myself, that's that's he's underrated. But a lot of people might say, well, Jeff, he was the PFF best player on the offensive line. That wouldn't equate to being underrated. That's who I'm going with. You may disagree, but that's what I have. Who do you got? I, I think that's a solid pick. I'm going to go on the defensive side, and no surprise, I'm on the defensive side. It's weird how that worked out. I'm going <laughs> to go with Steven Nelson. I think Steven Nelson is the most underrated player because when I look at the Steelers defense and I look at the top three, top four best players on that defense, I think Steven Nelson is right in there with the best players on that defense. If I were to riddle, uh, just rattle off the best players on that defense, I think it's Watt. I think it's Hayward. I think it's uh, Steven Nelson and uh, it's Mika Fitzpatrick. I think those are the best players on the Steelers defense. But when you look at cornerback contracts, and I'm trying to uh, pull up the cornerback contracts here, but it's moving pretty slowly. For the amount that Steven Nelson is getting paid and for the numbers he put up as a corner that were comparable to Stephon Gilmore's numbers, uh, he is absolutely underrated when you look at performance and you look at his ability on the football field. He was your honorable mention uh, for underrated. Um, these were tough because I, I tend to put these players on pedestals. You know that. Um, I, I think if you look at last season, I might go James Washington was underrated. He actually led the team in receiving yards. Most people don't think that, but he did. I felt that he made a step forward with no real quarterback. And so – underrated to, to the tune of the entire team. That might be a stretch, but I think in terms of value that he brings, I think he does bring value. There's a lot of people that are already writing him off saying Claypool is going to push him off the roster, which is nonsense. And it's in and of itself. I think James Washington might be on my list for underrated, but that's just me. In, in terms of Steven Nelson, when I was talking about his salary, Steven, uh, I mean, Joe Hayton averages $11 million per year in his contract. Stefan Gilmore, averages 13 million and the most expensive corner in football is Darius Slay and he averages 16.6 million per year and I would bet if we looked on pro football focus that Steven Nelson might have a grade as high as any of those players and so that's why I'm putting Steven Nelson as my most underrated let's go to best player who's the best player on the Pittsburgh Steelers That's a tough one. I could go in a bunch of different ways. And, oh, I'm going to go TJ. I'm going to go TJ Watt as the best player. Um, I think when you look at where he was drafted pedigree, he was the tail end of the the first round. Um, 
I, I think TJ Watt has proven time and time again, year after year, he comes in, he's better. And I just don't think that that defense is as intimidating, is as daunting without him on the field rushing. And that's, I know where you could go else on defense and you might be going there. Are you going there? The other player that we're thinking of? I think I'm going to go there. I think go I'm ahead. gonna go there. I go think I'm gonna. Go I think I, I think I'm gonna go with Minka Fitzpatrick as the best player. That's 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 one A and one B, is it not? Either way yeah. you put it. And the only reason why I'm going with Minka because the immediate impact of Minka Fitzpatrick when he was injected into that Steeler defense was immediately felt. That defense changed and became an elite unit when they injected Minka Fitzpatrick, and 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 they injected a Minka Fitzpatrick that never played in the defense and had an impact that much. I mean, this was a guy that never played the defense, was not familiar with the playbook or the players or the scheme or anything. Um, And he immediately had that impact. And that defense went to a turnover machine. It changed and it became uh, the modern version of the steel curtain. I see people on there saying Ben Roethlisberger is still the best player on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can you well, say that? Can you, is it no. still, can you say that even though um, he was injured? I have to see, I have to see more than one throw. Like, <laughs> let's be honest, man. We are all every single podcast, every single writer, not just behind the steel curtain, every single show, every single article is basing this off of one throw. It was a Nerf ball, too. Or was it a Nerf no, that ball? Was or a was it, it was a real football. No, 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 that okay. was a real football. But every, no one, I mean, now the Steelers, Kevin Colbert was on Mark Madden, 105.90X today, said he really liked where he was in rehab. I don't know if they've seen anything, video. No one else has actually seen him throw a football. So until I see him be able to throw that long out pattern, hit the post, throw that back shoulder, all those tough throws in the NFL that quarterback has to have the arm to make. Until I see that, I can't say that. That's and I'm a huge Ben Roethlisberger fan. He has seven Ben jerseys. I have uh, no, it's like six, but still, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to get seven. You've got to have seven. I should seven. get seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to get a color rush. That's seven. true. Or you have a color rush seven. I have a you? color rush seven. I need to get a throwback block number seven. That's what I do. Well, you have to find a. It's one of those sites and find a yes, you're, 60 I'll, I'll, year. Get, I'll get Brian Anthony. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you, you, you agree with me though, right? You can't put him there. No, nah, not right now. Not right now. You know, and the throw I want to see is I want to see him throw it in a congested pocket when he's getting contacted and he still has to whistle a ball in, in a muddy pocket. Like that's what I want to see. You know, I kind of want to see like, like a boxer. Like, I don't know how good a boxer is until he gets punched in the face. You know, how's he going to respond when he gets dinged? I want to see Ben get dinged, get up and see what happens and throw and make those tight window throws pressure situation. When the pocket is muddy, you know, he'll be able to hit the clean slant, right? He'll be able to hit the clean post route with a clean pocket. I want to see those tough throws and what happens. Um, And Dave Shipley has said, has he even shaved? I doubt he shaved. I don't know. I I doubt he shaved. The live chat is rocking and rolling. Uh, A lot (laughs) of people agree and disagree with us. Uh, But let me jump to the next one. Key Key new addition. Who's the most key new addition? That could be a rookie draft pick. That could be a veteran free agent acquisition. What's the most key acquisition? I want to say Derek Watt just to make you mad, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with Eric Ebron. Okay. Because if you look at the currents, and this is something that I think I talked with Brian Anthony Davis on Sunday, Mother's Day. You were You took the show off, and I got him to join me for the Homer and the Hater show. We talked about how virtual OTAs is going to impact players. And we both agreed that with the rookies, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really difficult, especially. And I, I, and I was talking about how players that rely on others are going to be even more hamstrung than I I used uh, Alex Highsmith as an example. He's a pass rusher. It's him versus the offensive tackle or tight end. 
he's going to be able to get acclimated more than Chase Claypool because Chase Claypool is going to have to try to find a rhythm with a quarterback he's never caught a pass from. And who knows when he's going to be able to catch a pass from him. So he might know the routes. He might know the playbook. But until he and Ben Roethlisberger get a feel for, okay, when we run this post pattern, he he tends to do this more than that. It's just part of the, you know, the the relationship yeah. that a receiver and quarterback have. Yeah. But yeah. And Ebron, and they got to build trust too. They got to build trust too. Right. So I think that the free agents that they picked up have a much better chance to be bigger parts of the team in 2020. And Ebron, he's been around long enough, and he played for Detroit, was drafted by them, then went to the Colts and played for them. So he has he's been in multiple systems. He's seen a lot. He's going to be able to pick up the playbook relatively easy, but he's going to be that threat. If he can stay healthy, the red zone option that the Steelers have been longing to find at the tight end position since Heath Miller retired, but probably since Ladarius Green was brought in. Ladarius Green was supposed to be that guy, and he got hurt in the concussions, and we all know how that played out. And I don't want to bring his name up with Ebron, but that's the type of person that I expect Similar skill set. I think Ebron's more athletic, but I think he's the most important acquisition for this team. I'm just looking at the live chat while you talk. Man, Jeff, when you say something bad about uh, Big Ben, man, it gets wild in the live chat. It goes down in the live chat when you say something about Big Ben. They are just hot in the <laughs> live chat that we rip Big Ben. I'm going to go the opposite route. This is the first time I'm going to go with the offensive side of football. I'm going to go with Steven Wisniewski. I think Wisniewski is the best key acquisition because I think it solidifies the offensive line. You don't have to create two new positions, two new positional starters, one at the left guard position, one at the right tackle position, assuming they would move Filer inside to be that guard. And I just love slotting in a left guard that's been on two, I think, two consecutive Super Bowl winning teams, Kansas City and Philadelphia, a guy that's a veteran, played in big situations, playoff moments, and played very well. I looked at every snap that he played in Kansas City's run, and he played very well. And I think he slots and fits right in perfectly with that offensive line. And I think with Ben coming back with injury, I mean, you want a guy that's really good in terms of interior pass rush. I mean, pass protection. You want to to secure that safety blanket for Ben Roethlisberger, particularly with gut pressure. So I'm going to go with Wisniewski. Is there anybody else you're thinking about? I mean, I think that Claypool has the opportunity to be a difference maker for the offense, even if all he can do is a straight line, take the top off of, his, of a defense. If, if he's the threat, think back to when Martavis Bryant, which a lot of people want to compare the two, and we talked about the measurables, if he can just take the top off of defense, and, and when Martavis Bryant was a rookie, he didn't play his first six games. When he came on, boy, did he come on quick. And he was just that deep. He was just, hey, go go straight. Just keep running. And defenses are going to have to account for you. He's big enough. He's strong enough. I think that if he can get the playbook and a, a little bit of cohesiveness with Roethlisberger, he can definitely be a difference maker for this offense, I, I I wrote an article about how an NFL offensive coordinator said, uh, quote unquote, this is on ESPN plus he was the perfect match for what this team needs, meaning the Steelers offense. And so if he can get acclimated and he can maybe take that safety to shade a little bit, his side that Juju Smith Schuster comment I made at the beginning of the show could be null and void because he could see more one-on-one coverage, less bracketed coverage, and that can open him up. But that's um, – I'm going to go with Claypool because Wisniewski, I agree with you. I don't want to disagree, but that's a great pick. But if I had to go someone else, I'd go with Claypool. It's going to be interesting before we get into the next topic uh, or the next category, how how the coaches approach it. Because I was reading an article. I, sh- I shared it with you guys. I don't know if you guys read it about um, – Cam Hayward was talking about his experience as a rookie. And at that point in time, I believe there was a player strike or or some sort. And the coaching staff, the NFL forbid coaching staffs with even sharing the playbook with players. And he said when he came in, he didn't know anything. He didn't know one single play, no verbiage, no calls, nothing. He was completely lost and didn't know anything. And subsequently, I think that impacted his ability to start. He didn't start one game for the first two seasons. A lot of fans were down on him, but I think they minimized the impact of just how much not being able to practice 
and, and see the physical speed and the physicalness and the physical nature of the game and do all those things that you get from a training camp. I think it's going to be imperative for coaches to dumb it down as much as possible and really identify what guys do well to put them in a position to succeed. I would think it would be a mistake to give these guys too much too soon because then it becomes, you know, you're in your head and you can't play fast. Well, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, in a position like wide receiver where the, the knowledge and the repetitions that are necessary between a quarterback and receiver, everyone thinks, Oh yeah. Slant's a slant. No, it's not. No. I guarantee you as Ben Roethlisberger, how Antonio Brown ran a slant, how Juju runs the slant and how Heinz Ward ran a slant back in the day. They were all three completely different. One might've gone two yards up and in one might've gone three or four. It's all about timing and repetition. So, and that's why, and if we're going to try to find a silver lining in this cloud, the fact that the Steelers did not have a ton of draft capital and then the cloud of COVID-19 happens and it impairs preparation. It's not the end of the world that the Steelers didn't have that type right. of draft class. We're expecting right. all of these players to start as rookies and contribute because teams that are like that, they might struggle. Well, they're going to be more. bad. They're, they're, yeah. they're going to be bad. So the next category, who takes the biggest leap? Who takes that leap? that Tomlin talks about uh, when you, when you, when young players become the guys who takes that biggest leap and it doesn't have to be necessarily a young guy. It could be a vet at, you know, seven, you know, six, seven year guy that emerges and becomes a superstar. I mean, well, who is, takes that? Is, big it, leap? is it who I want or is it who do I actually think it's going to be? Who do you actually think takes that leap? Who okay. takes the leap? I think the leap is going to be Devin Bush. Inside the linebacker. Okay. Going into his second year, he played enough in his rookie year. He's fast. He's athletic. You started to see glimpses in the second half of 2019 of the reason why they moved up 10 spots to get him. He was very, very fast sideline to sideline. He was instinctive. He did have some issues in coverage, which you point out all the time, and I don't disagree with you. Now, the guy that I want to break out is maybe who you're going to say. I don't think you're going to say him. I'm not going to say him. I know who I think you want to break out. Well, who do you I think? think I, I think you out. want uh, Edmonds to break out. Yes, please. Please play better than what you have been. He's been I think, reliable. I think, he's been reliable. Yes, he's all steady. Yeah. I want some playmaking, though. That's yeah. all. But who did you have? Who did you have? Break I got out. Deontay Johnson. I'm going offense again. I think Deontay Johnson takes a leap and becomes the best wide receiver on the Steelers in 2020. I think he surplants Juju as the best wide receiver on the Steelers and becomes the number one receiver and becomes that guy. And the reason wow. I say that, oh, and the reason I say old. that, and the reason I say that is I challenge people to go back and watch film of him against Buffalo when, um, what was it, Tredavious White? Is that the corner? The Tredavious White? Watch him get off against Tredavious White. He had a very good game against Tredavious White. Had a good quarterback by the name of Ben Roethlisberger played in that game. He tears Tredavious White up. His get off and his ability to get in and out of his routes and his cuts and his breaks against Tredavious route, Tredavious White was really impressive. And I think Deontay Johnson obviously would have been better had been played last year, but I think he's on the cusp of being a really good player. Not super athletic in terms of blazy speed, but I love the way he gets off the line of scrimmage and gets into his routes. Um, I, I think he's going to take that next jump, and I think he's going to be the guy to be the best wide receiver for the Steelers next year. Let me ask you this. You watched a lot of film. The San Francisco game, faceless man, said this in uh, the live chat. He said, Deontay put Richard Sherman on skates. Now, that was... I'll go back and watch week. it. I'm going to go I back and know, watch it. Yeah, I'm going to go watch do it. Do that because that would be a matchup to watch. And I remember Deontay Johnson after the game saying how crazy it was to just be... to see Richard Sherman across from him. Because, you know, that's a guy that he probably grew up watching. And, and it's a very recognizable face in the NFL, Richard Sherman. But I'd love to see how he did in that matchup. A guy that's very physical. You know? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because Rich. I mean, Rich. Rich has to put his hands on you. Um, yes. If if Rich can't put his hands on you, he, you know, he's in trouble. And Rich is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, actually. Um, 
He uh, mugged so, Antonio Brown in Seattle a few years ago. Literally. Oh, yes. Every, like, like yes, call. yes, he did. I mean, Rich is going to be a Hall of Famer. So, yeah. And so and so people in the live chat are finally giving me some props. Yes, I think Deontay Johnson is going to be the guy to take the big jump. Who would be your honorable mention in terms of a player that's going to take that leap? Benny Snell. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, the big jump, the big jump. Yeah. I, I I would go with I would go with Edmonds because I okay. I do think that he has the athletic prowess to be a playmaker. Maybe it's a confidence to go and break on that ball. Maybe it's just repetitions. He's got a ton of repetitions. I don't know what else he would need. He he's hardly missed any time since being drafted in the first round. I'm gonna go with Edmonds. Who's your honorable mention? It, it, interesting to see how he's graded out i mean how he's graded out on a game-by-game basis i mean you wonder like with his athletic ability you would think he could be a better playmaker and and maybe he's being asked to do what he's being asked and they like it it's interesting i mean i wonder what tomlin would say about him in a private moment i i my my take the leap would be devin bush i missed a category so i'm going to go back to it who could surprise this year for the pittsburgh steelers what pittsburgh steeler player could surprise you this year surprise player this may sound crazy i would be shocked if i see bud dupree get double digits again in terms of sacks <laughs> um that would surprise me no it would i'm not expecting bud dupree to have the year he had last year i hope he does i hope he proves me wrong but a surprise for me would be dupree goes out and shows out again and because of that there you go. You're looking at he's getting a big payday in free agency, probably not with the Steelers. Um, if I don't want to go that route, another surprise would be Stefan Tuitt staying healthy. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that says it without, all. <laughs> without, without, Jay, without Javon Hargrave, boy, is that important. You know, he's yeah, for him to is. stay healthy. And that would be a shock because he hasn't done it often, but that's just, that's just me. So those would be the two that come to mind for me. The two for me, one would be Ulysses Gilbert, Ulysses S. Grant, as I call him. He he could the the way their reluctance or not reluctance, them not getting an inside linebacker in the draft or free agency to me says they have a lot of confidence in what he could become when you watch him on film and the few amount of snaps that he plays. His athletic ability absolutely jumps off the field. And, and, and people might think of this as hyperbole. He's more athletic than Devin Bush. He's not better than Devin Bush, but he's more athletic than Devin Bush. He's even twitchier and faster and more sudden than Devin Bush. Um, there was a couple of plays where he's outside the numbers playing impressed technique and stopping slant routes against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, the way he drives on the slant, the inside slant, it's like a corner. Athletically, he is off the charts. If he can take, if he could surprise that defense in its interior, if he can get Vince Williams on the bench and he plays sub-package football with Devin Bush, that might be the fastest linebacker combination in the history of the National Football League. And I hate to use hyperbole, but that would be the that would be the first time you had two inside linebackers that were sub like four four guys. And I think I think Gilbert's even sub four four or high four threes. I mean you have two four four guys at inside linebacker. I mean that's nuts so that's that's nuts so in your defense. So I think he's a guy that could surprise. So let me jump into the last category. Who is absolutely right. in a prove-it year? Who has to prove it this year? I'm going to go on offense, and I'm going to go with James Conner because we've all written him off. If if not all, the vast majority have written him off as an injury-prone player. They seem to have forgotten. Lance is writing him off right now as I speak. They, they seem to have forgotten about the Pro Bowl year in 2018 where – he was very dynamic, except until what the high ankle sprain against the, the Chargers, and that knocked him out for a few games. 
he is in a prove a year. And to me, I don't think you could talk about Dupree being a franchise tag guy, and that's not a bad answer. But my gosh, if if Connor doesn't prove it this year, who knows what his future holds? I mean, the, the Steelers might keep him for cheap, but my gosh, like this is a prove it year for him, not just for Pittsburgh, for his NFL career. So James Connor is my pick. James Connor is is a compensatory pick compensation. <laughs> that, that's what that's what James Conner is. He can prove it to the Steelers so they can get a good comp pick. James Conner, but 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 I think that's a solid pick. But James Conner will not be a Steeler. He's going to have to prove it for his next contract for somebody else in the league. I got a couple of good numbers, but the live chat changed my my opinion. I was going to say Benny Snell because. You know, when you bring in McFarland, there has to be an odd person out. That made me think of uh, Jalen Samuel as well. Like Samuel has to prove it. Somebody has to be there. I was thinking Chuck's a core for like Chuck's has to get better. Juju has to prove it. But honestly, your boy has to prove it. Number seven has to prove it. Big oh. Ben has to prove it. Oh. Big Ben is in a prove it year. Big Ben is improve it year. So Ryan Kellerman corrected me. He said UG3 ran 446 and Devin Bush ran 443. That's fast on the interior it's defense. It's a lot of speed. <laughs> it's a lot of speed in there. Ben is in a Ben is in a prove it year. Ben is in a prove it year because I, I know Ben has it is the Teflon Don when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we've said that Ben Roethlisberger is the most powerful man outside of the Rooney family in the Steeler organization. But man, if you suck next year with a $41 million cap charge in 2021, man, I don't care how Teflon you are. They might be telling you kick rocks, baby. I mean, he, he's got to go out and he he can't suck next year. Like with a $41 million cap charge, you don't have room to suck. You have to go out and be the man. You got to be the guy that they think you are before you got hurt. You have to be that guy. And you may have to be even more so. $41.25 million cap charge. I've never seen a cap charge that high. In that year, in 2021, the difference between him and Joe Hayden in terms of cap space or cap number is $26 million. That's a quarterback. So the difference between those, those two players is a quarterback. He's going to have to prove it and ball out because at that number, there is a scarlet B on his sweater. And if he doesn't rock out, I don't know. I don't dare I dare I say I don't want to say it. There could be Ben could get called to the office. Benjamin, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. We've been right by you. Um, you know, we're gonna have to move forward with this. So I'm thinking Ben is it Ben is in the prove it year. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. And the, the thing that I don't think that Ben is this type of player or a teammate, at least not now at this stage in his career. But he has got the organization by the balls right now. <laughs> he, he He's really got does. him by the short and curlies, <laughs> man. Wow. I I don't want a a children earmuffs. I'm sorry for saying that, but he really does. I mean, they didn't draft a quarterback. You saw what Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges did last year. Hey, you want to cut me? I'll take as as Reed Overend says in the live chat. I'll take my 22 million, and I will coast off into retirement. And hey, good luck, by the way, with Mason Rudolph, Devlin Hodges, Paxton Lynch, or JT Barrett as your quarterback in 2021. The Steelers need him. They need him and he knows they need him. And so it's, I don't think he would ever be that type of guy. At least I hope not as a fan of his to be able to say, you know, man, screw you all. You all need me, man. <laughs> I don't know if truth. you guys, I mean, I don't know. Like Jeff is younger than me. So I don't think Jeff grew up with the Jeffersons. You ever watched the Jeffersons? Seen Jeff? it, not a bunch, but I know you're talking about. 
You know, I mean, if you guys can remember the George Jefferson walk, when George Jefferson used to walk into the room, the George Jefferson stroll, Shelman Hemsley, and like Reed Overhand, if he leaves, he leaves you with a $22 million dead cap charge. He's what I coined, and Dan Patrick took my term years ago, uh, the positive hostage. He's the positive guy that's one for you, produced for you for years, good in the community. He's the face of your franchise. He's the guy that when they think of Steelers, currently they think of Ben Roethlisberger. He's that guy, but he's the positive hostage. He's the positive guy that has your franchise held hostage. And he has them, as Jeff says, by the short and curl. <laughs> by the cojones. <laughs> because he got them in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. It, re- it reminds me of the movie Major League Two when uh, you ain't got no marbles, man. You got you got no marbles. You got no marbles. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just. I mean, so it's an absolute. It's an absolute prove it year for Ben Roethlisberger. He has to, and Jay Glazer, who ripped him a couple of weeks ago and recently walked all of that back. Of course. In terms of of Ben's uh, workout comments and stuff like that, he said he had a conversation with him, said Ben is attacking um, his his rehab and he's in the best shape of his life, all that good stuff. And that's what you want to hear because when you have an organization over the barrel like that, and the only reason why an organization will let you have them over the barrel like that is because you've proven to be highly productive and highly trustworthy in that they know you appreciate the position that you've been put in and what they've done for your family. So I think they're comfortable with it, obviously, but man, 41.2, you better go out and throw 40 touchdowns. If you throw, (laughs) if you throw 22 touchdowns and 16 interceptions, Ooh, Let's just say this: your touchdown to interceptions better add 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 up to at least forty two, and it yeah. better be thirty two touchdowns, ten interceptions. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's it, let's just hope. The best case scenario is Roethlisberger comes out, plays well, looks great. The elbow looks fine. Arm looks like it's got a some zip in it, and he looks fresh because he had a year off, basically. That's the best case scenario. And we can all just yeah. hope that that happens because the yeah, worst case scenario, we don't want to talk about. Y.A. Tittle. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't want Y.A. Tittle. But let's transition to our next topic. And, and, I, and I saw yeah. this on The Athletic. And The Athletic ran a poll about the Pittsburgh Mount Rushmore list. And as you guys know about Mount Rushmore, South Dakota, they got the four presidents on Mount Rushmore. Often topic used for who's the best of all time in a certain mm-hmm. sport. So we want to we want to um, do it for the city of Pittsburgh. And let me give you the results of who was put on the Mount Rushmore. This is, this is, city. This is not this, this is, is not city. just the Steelers. Not, not just, just the Steelers. It's the city. Number one who got the most votes was Mario Lemieux. Second was Joe Green, Roberto Clemente, and Sidney Crosby. What's your thoughts on that in terms of PGH Mount Rushmore? There's no, there's only one, there's only one opening, in my opinion. There's only one opening on that Mount Rushmore. So there's only one person that you could say, I take them off and put someone else in. You're not taking off Mario Lemieux. If you don't know hockey, you don't know that he was one of the greatest players of all time. Not of his era, of all time. Super Mario. Exactly. Roberto Clemente. Do I need to say anything else? I mean, th- there's a there's people trying to get the number 21 retired like Jackie Robinson did because he was unbelievably important to Latin America and those type of players coming to the United States. Okay. And mean Joe Green, they retired his number with the Pittsburgh Steelers for a reason. He is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number still- 75. He's still Curtin. That's that's mean Joe. Yes, absolutely. He is Pittsburgh. So those three guys, no one is taking them off. If you say you're taking either one of those three players off, 
go ahead and exit stage right because I don't know what <laughs> maybe you never saw them play. So maybe there's someone that's really young. And I never saw Roberto Clemente play, but my dad did. And trust me, I was indoctrinated into that at a very young age. And I got to learn about him. I did book reports on the guy growing, growing up through school. Okay. <laughs> that's I said, here, here, read this. <laughs> do it on Yeah. Do it on this. Anyone that's a Steeler fan has seen the clips and the highlights of Mean Joe and, and all that he did. And I've seen you know, all that. Um, I got to watch Mario Lemieux in, live in person as well as on television. Saw him hoist two cups in 92 and 93. So, or 91 and 92. But still, man, there's that four spot. Sidney Crosby, I'm not going to say that he doesn't deserve it because he's won three more than Mario. He is considered one of the greatest players of his era. I would say that he is one of the greatest playmakers in hockey history. But man, you only have one more spot, and there's a lot of other players that could potentially be on it. So, well, what are your thoughts? Where are you going? Well, to, to Roberto Clemente, my dad would hit you with a bat if you thought Roberto was not uh, one of the Pittsburgh Steeler goats. I mean, the Pittsburgh city of Pittsburgh goats. I mean, my dad was a was a uh, a, a vendor, a peanut vendor at Forbes Field as a kid. Um, you know, my dad wouldn't go to concerts to go see the Pirates. I mean, he was like, look, I don't want to go to a concert. Drop me off. I'm going to Forbes Field to watch the Pirates. So he would absolutely agree with uh, Clemeny, absolutely agree with Joe Green. My dad's just, you know, typical black guy from from Manchester, Northside. He don't know hockey. Like He doesn't yeah. know hockey, but he knows Mario Lemieux. So Mario would be on there because it's yeah, just the name. Uh, I mean, hockey, two guys, hockey. I'm not a hockey guy. I like the pins because I'm from Pittsburgh. The blue uniforms are sweet. The Snoop Dogg Pittsburgh uniforms are even better. Those are the best ones. The Jen and Juice jerseys. Those are lovely. I love those. When the pins win, I get my cap. I got my back-to-back cap. So I just rock out with the pins because it's you know silly of Pittsburgh. I'm cool with Mario. I'm taking Crosby out of there. Crosby's the man. I'm taking Crosby out. You know who I'm putting there? And pick up the read overhand. He said his dad sold food at Forbes Field as well. They probably, they, my dad sold Cokes at Forbes Field. He drank a bunch and sold a bunch. Watched a bunch of games. Um, but he said he always was scared when Willie McCovey would hit at Forbes Field because he'd never seen anybody hit a ball harder than Willie McCovey. He said it was like a bullet flying through the air. Everybody he was scared when Stretch was up to bat. But my number four guy, it's got to be the Chief. You got to put the Chief on there. The Chief has to be on Pittsburgh's Mount Rushmore. You got to put the Chief on there. Four Super Bowls. The Cigars. He was a gangster. He's from the north side, my side of town. You got to put the Chief on there. Take Crosby out. Put the Chief. You got to have two Steelers on there instead of two Penguins. You got to put the Chief on there. So it should be Joe Green, Lemieux, Clemente, and the Chief. The Chief makes sense because he is the most, um, he's the most uh, known, known, I guess you could say, owner in Pittsburgh. People forgetting, I didn't even say this. Um, My gosh, Mary Lemieux turned he turned into an owner so yes he, yes. he knows to, the, to yeah. solidify his spot on there in case you didn't know you know he eventually bought the team um so i'm not, not going to disagree with you at all uh but the, the thing is for me i i agree with you that if you're going to take someone off you take off um you take off crosby there's a bunch of different ways you go you can go honus wagner okay that's an old school guy all right. Yeah, baseball card. That's a, the baseball card. You know, that was the baseball card. And, and there's a big story behind that. And I remember watching that. And it's crazy to hear that story. Um, he was tremendous. And no one talks about him. <clears throat> he was playing back when Ty Cobb was running around. And they were they were great players. You could bring up a guy that played in the Negro Leagues in Pittsburgh, Josh Gibson. Yeah, they said that it, he was amazing to watch. And he that's a Pittsburgh player. Um but you know what? I, I think that you, if, if we're going to go, if we're, if we're not going to go with those three players as being legit, no doubt about it, maybe Willie Stargell, Pops. 
You know what another one? You know another one that came to mind. If you wanted to like keep it hockey, you know, if you wanted to keep individual sports, Arnold Palmer. That's a good one. That's a good name. He's from Pittsburgh. Yes, I mean, all the other guys aren't from Pittsburgh, but still, it's a tough debate. I'm not going to disagree with the chief. You could bring up a bunch of different names, and and Bradley James before '99. The tip trend says, I'll be honest. I feel like you're all saying fake names. I have to believe they are all good because I have no idea who they are. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he's being honest though. But here, here to to that, there's YouTube. I mean, YouTube is not going to give you all of the context. But just look up some of the names we're talking about. Go. I mean, you're probably not doing anything right now anyway. You're probably running up your Wi-Fi like everyone else is around the country. Go to YouTube. Mm -hmm. Take a look and, you know, search these names, particularly since you're a Steeler fan. Look up Joe Green. You know, look up some of these classic Steeler guys. Definitely look up Joe Green and look at the absolute abuse he was doing to offensive linemen. If he did that stuff today, he wouldn't have a salary. I mean, they would just he just have to pay his fines. Every game he'd be paying his game check because he was absolutely killing offensive line, especially with the head slap. I mean, good Lord. Well, and if you're going to do the research, and I just have to say this because I grew up, I mean, I was a baseball fanatic. Okay. I loved everything about the game and I still do love baseball. Roberto Clemente, look up what he did off the field as much as what he did on in terms of, well, how did he die? Um, he died in a plane crash trying to take, earthquake supplies to Nicaragua when they had an earthquake there. It was on new year's day and plane crash, never found his body, never really found much of the plane either. And so he was an amazing person, not just an amazing player. My dad still talks about going to a game at Forbes field and watching Roberto Clemente with his right foot planted at the base of the right field wall, throwing out a runner at third base on the fly. Yeah, I mean, that I, I, yeah, those Roberto stories. Those Roberto stories is. are nuts. <laughs> I have a personal, I have a personal <laughs> Pittsburgh favorite, but he'll never be on the Mount Rushmore. I love the Cobra. I love Dave Parker. Dave, Dave Parker was my guy in terms he of for a bunch of things, didn't he? Yeah, he played for it, but he but he was the best for the Pirates. That yeah. that that's when he was the Motor City Cobra. Well, that was yep. Tommy Hearns, but he was the Cobra. I mean, uh, Dave was the Cobra. But that that's a fun little topic. I know some of yeah. you guys. I know Brian Harrington is ripping us <laughs> in terms of this not being a Steeler topic. But we wanted to keep it a little bit light. We go off in a little bit different direction when it comes to the standard is the standard. But I, I, I love your answers for the list. And, again, I want to give a shout-out to Nick Farabaugh. Uh, and his Twitter handle is at Farabaugh. FB. So Nick Farabaugh, thank you. Also, big up to Stevie Wonder. Happy 70th birthday. Jeff, do anything else you want to jump into before we get out of here? That's been a good show. I thank everyone for listening. Make sure you check out the Steelers preview. That's myself, Brian Anthony Davis, and Dave Schofield tomorrow night, Thursday night. Check us out. We'll be there. What you guys talking about, you know? No clue. We'll figure <laughs> it out tomorrow. <laughs> I know we're going to be talking about a draft pick eventually, but I don't know what the headline is. Well, we'll you're, like, uh, you're like, no clue. We'll think about it. Figure it out. We'll do our (laughs) 10-minute production meetings. There you go. Yeah. So, all right, send us out, Lance. And as always, Steeler fans, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Amen. Stay safe, everyone. We will see you next week for another episode of The Standard is the Standard.